Good morning everybody and I am back to bring you another podcast episode. So welcome, welcome to the Find Your Model Health podcast, the official podcast for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight and understand how their body really works. I am your host, I am Shemaine Linney. I am a fitness and nutrition expert, biohacker and certified iridologist. And I'm very happy to have you back with me again for another episode that I hope you will find super enlightening. And it is a follow-up to the last episode I recorded where we looked at what is cholesterol and specifically high cholesterol. And I want to do a couple of more of these, probably another one or two more, just to make sure that everyone has the information that they need and the correct information. Because cholesterol, as I mentioned in the last episode, is one of these topics where... The advice that doctors and health professionals are giving out has not caught up with what the science actually is saying. Um, As always, I'm happy to provide you with any links to studies that you may like to check out. You just reach out to me through my website, that's shemainsmodelhealth.com. There's a contact me button there, or you can find me on Facebook or Instagram at shemainsmodelhealth. So in this episode, we're looking at why dietary cholesterol does not matter for most people. Before I go on, I must emphasize that the information in these podcast episodes is for informational purposes and should not be taken as medical advice. Please do consult your health practitioner before making any lifestyle changes. So in the last episode, we just looked at um, cholesterol and what it was and how high blood cholesterol levels are a known risk factor for heart disease. And this is where things start getting confusing. So I hope that this episode will continue to clear up the confusion. So for decades, people have been told that dietary cholesterol in food raises blood cholesterol levels and causes heart disease. So that's, as we saw, our LDLs, or low-density lipopolysaccharides or lipoproteins that we saw in the last episode. Those are our bad cholesterol that cause those heart problems and health problems. And the idea that consuming foods high in cholesterol at the time may have been a rational conclusion based on the available science like 50 years ago, but we have better science now and we know better and we know how the body works a lot more now. So this episode takes a look at what the current research on dietary cholesterol says and the role it plays in blood cholesterol and of course our cardiovascular health. So a quick brief again, cholesterol is that waxy fat like substance that naturally does occur in our body. Um, So our body makes cholesterol and it needs cholesterol and cholesterol can be very good for us. It contributes to those strong, healthy cell membranes. So within our cells, we have um, 
water, hopefully clean water within our cells, but surrounding the cells, we've got our cell membrane, and that's made up of fats. And we want those fats to be as healthy and as strong and resilient as possible so that our cells can be healthy and strong and resilient and that they can function optimally. Um, cholesterol also is needed to make hormones, especially female hormones, and then vitamin D, um, keeping our joints lubricated, keeping our skin looking good, so lots and lots of things. And your body will make cholesterol as it needs it, but it also absorbs a relatively small amount of cholesterol from certain foods, like the tiniest amount from like eggs um, or full fat dairy products. Um, and that's just a small, you'll see that that is not our concern when it comes to looking at cholesterol in the body. So when people talk about cholesterol in relation to say heart health, they usually aren't talking about cholesterol itself, but they're t looking at those lipoproteins, so those LDLs and HDLs, those are the structures that carry cholesterol in the bloodstream. Um, some of you maybe also will have heard these referred to as chylomicrons, more of a sciencey term, not many people will use it, but chylomicrons are how we do transport lipoproteins around the body along with triglycerides. Um, anyway, so those lipoproteins are made of fat, so lipo being the fat, and then the protein um, is on the outside carrying the fat. So again, if you think of a molecule, you've got your little molecule, this time the fat is on the inside, not the outside like a cell membrane, but the inside, and then the protein structure is on the outside holding it together. Um, there are several kinds of lipoproteins, two we looked at actually in yesterday's podcast, that was only yesterday, I'm on a roll creating content the last few days. Um, so the two most relevant ones are going to be LDL, so our low density lipoproteins, and I mentioned in yesterday's episode that the more concerning aspect of LDL was going to be those VLDL, so those very low dense lipoproteins, so they're very, very small, and then the high-density lipoproteins, the HDL. So in yesterday's episode, I also referred to um, LDLs as looking like marbles. So there are lots of small marbles, and they can penetrate around the body and cause damage in the tissues, whereas your HDL, they're more like big fluffy cotton balls. They're very gentle, and they go around just being nice to the body and they don't penetrate or cause damage. So we've got our little marbles and then we've got our fluffy cotton balls. So those LDLs, they comprise of 60 to 70% of total blood lipoproteins and are responsible for carrying cholesterol particles throughout the body. So this is that bad cholesterol that many of us would associate with atherosclerosis or that plaque or tar buildup that I mentioned in the last episode. I'm going to stop saying that I mentioned in the last episode. I'm just going to assume that you listen to it and you know what I'm referring to. So having a lot of this cholesterol carried by these marbles is associated with an increased risk of heart disease. Um, but 
there are other caveats and we'll look at them as we move forward. So there's different types of LDL and they are either classified as uh, very small or small, so VLDLs, those dense LDLs or the large LDLs. So we have VLDLs, DLDLs and LLDLs. It's quite a tongue twister. Now, studies show that people who have mostly small particles are at greater risk of developing heart issues or cardiovascular issues than those with mostly large particles. So the more VLDLs you have in comparison to the LLDLs, the bigger trouble you could be in in regards to your health. So not only have you got the marbles, but you've got these, now you've got like pellets not to confuse you. So you had marbles that maybe caused some damage, but now you've got these tiny pellets, so these VLDLs that are even smaller and can fit into more spaces and mess stuff up even more. And because they're smaller, they can cover a greater surface area. So I hope that makes sense of you. Um, and that's where we see that it may not necessarily be the size of the LDL particles that's the most important factor, but the number of them. So if you have those pellets, you have those VLDLs, you, they can cover a greater surface area, especially the more you have of them. Um, so that's where we're starting to see the science now. So LDL, yeah, can be a problem, but those VLDLs, they seem to be the bigger problem. So the higher the number of LDL particles you have, the greater the risk of developing heart conditions you have, and there's other caveats, but if you have a higher number of VLDLs, then you have an even greater risk there. So that's something I want you to take away from that. Then when we look at, again, our HDL, so our fluffy cotton balls, um, HDL picks up excess cholesterol throughout the body. So, you know, cotton can go around and it can pick up little things. It can kind of latch onto stuff, kind of like Velcro. Well, that's what HDL does. So it'll go around your body and pick up extra cholesterol and take it back to your liver where it can then be either used or excreted. And that's great. That's what we want to happen. We're either using for energy or we're getting rid of it. Some evidence indicates that HDL also protects against the buildup of plaque inside your arteries. Now why do you think that is? Um, based on what we learned yesterday in yesterday's episode, there's a huge connection between having good cholesterol and good fats consumed into the body and lower inflammation. And if we have less inflammation in the arteries, there's going to be less problem with blood flow or buildup happening within the arteries. So that could be one of the reasons why we can see that HDL protects against the buildup of plaque inside the arteries. Um, and then the, the other is that because it can prevent, HDL can counteract the LDL. So with the correct ratios, HDL can keep our LDL exactly where it's supposed to be and in a good place. 
and um, there's research and I'm happy to send you the studies to support that having higher levels of good cholesterol or the HDL or the uh, cotton balls in your body is associated with a decreased risk of heart disease or cardiovascular disease and again that usually will come back to that lower inflammation as well when we look at this from an outsider perspective people that would have higher HDL particles in their body so higher good cholesterol generally we see they do make better nutritional choices they have better lifestyles they sleep better they're more active they manage inflammation better and all of that is going to come back to having a decreased risk of heart disease so it's not just the cholesterol like the body is one system everything plays a part and then when we take a step back we can see well these types of people generally they're doing other stuff right as well so how does dietary cholesterol affect your blood cholesterol well the amount of cholesterol in your diet and the amount of cholesterol in your blood they're quite different and although you think well it seems logical that eating cholesterol would raise blood cholesterol levels it actually doesn't work that way so the body tightly regulates the amount of cholesterol in the blood by controlling its production of cholesterol and this is comes back to our liver and our kidney health as well um, when your dietary intake of cholesterol goes down your body will still make what it needs like it'll just make more because the body is really smart piece of equipment it knows how to compensate and to keep you alive and when you eat greater amounts of cholesterol guess what your body will make less cholesterol um, and because of this foods high in dietary cholesterol they have little impact on blood cholesterol levels in most people because as always with every area of health your body always wants to be in homeostasis always so um if you get an injury your body will increase inflammation if your sleep is rubbish your body then will increase your requirement for sugar or glucose for energy to keep you alive in case you get chased by a tiger or something if your thyroid starts to run slow then your body will increase increase thyroid stimulating hormone to hopefully stimulate more thyroid and so on like the body always wants to be in homeostasis and cholesterol is no exception however there are some people um, that are known as hyper responders they have this genetic tendency where they can consume high cholesterol foods and it will raise blood cholesterol levels and these people make up about 40 percent of the population and again this is genetic so you would need to get tested for this and even though dietary cholesterol moderately increases their ldl um, it doesn't seem to increase their risk of heart disease so 
there's a few considerations there is do they know they have this genetic risk maybe they know it is a family health trait so they're more conscious of their lifestyle and food practices or are they getting their dietary cholesterol from good sources like eggs and grass-fed meats and clean dairy so they're already very health conscious so there's a lot of questions there that could be asked but again that's a percentage of people that have a genetic trait um and we don't see the increase in heart disease generally because the increase in their LDL particles, it typically reflects in larger LDL particles, so bigger particles, not those very small LDLs. So um, back to, again, the bigger your LDL particles and then even into your HDL particles, the better because they can cause less damage because they can't fit into the nukes and crannies and mess up shit. Um, and it's there was a study that showed that people who have mainly LDL particles, so this study you'll find in PubMed, and it's the role of small, dense, low-density um, lipoproteins, a new look, and this then was published in, it doesn't say, but if you just search the role of small, dense, low density lipoproteins, a new look, you will see that this study said that people who have mainly large LDL particles have a lower risk of heart disease. Um, so these hyper responders, they also experience an increase in HDL particles, which of course, as we learned, offsets the increase in LDLs by transporting excess cholesterol out of the body. So as such, while hyper-responders experience raised cholesterol levels when they increase their dietary cholesterol, the ratio of LDL to HDL in these individuals stays the same and their heart disease risk does not go up. Again, all those questions could be asked. Do they know about this genetic trait? Are they already making good food choices? Do they have good lifestyle practice? Like, what's their awareness? Um, and of course, there are always exceptions in nutrition, and some individuals may see adverse effects from eating more cholesterol-rich foods, but that brings us into the our next area and that brings us back to what i mentioned yesterday and yesterday's when we see individuals that experience adverse effects from eating more cholesterol rich foods even if they were eating grass-fed meat and pasture-raised organic eggs and all the good stuff if they had in excess amounts of sugar or carbohydrates in their diet and they had a lot of inflammation then this is where we see even if you're eating the good cholesterol but you're putting it in context with bad stuff you're going to create these problems so 
contrary to popular belief, heart disease is not only caused by cholesterol and is definitely not caused by the cholesterol you eat. There are many different factors, including inflammation, stress, and oxidative stress. So that's stress within the body, like cellular stress and tissue stress, constantly overtraining, that would be considered a stress. High blood pressure, alcohol consumption, because alcohol consumption will increase cholesterol um, through a feedback loop of overwhelming the liver and shutting off fat burning while the body focuses on removing the alcohol and then of course smoking as well because smoking is going to cause damage to the arteries which will make it more difficult for blood to flow and also generally and this sounds Offensive, I hope it's not offensive, but generally people that do smoke, they don't take care of their health. They're not eating good. They're not having an active, healthy lifestyle. Um, and that's very generalized. I know it may be somewhat offensive, but just from my perspective over the years. So while heart disease is often driven by the lipoproteins that carry cholesterol around, dietary cholesterol in itself has little or no effect on this. What does have the effect, though, is overconsumption of carbohydrates, overconsumption of trans fats or hydrogenated or toxic fats, overconsumption of alcohol, anything that's going to put a strain on the liver, but also give you an excess of calories or fat molecules that can be not liberated, but brought around the body so transported out of the liver and around the body and put wherever whenever for storage so if you overconsume really anything you are going to have an excess of fat molecules and if you're not burning them off then they're going to have to be put somewhere but if you have an excess of particularly bad foods like um carbohydrates trans fats greasy foods alcohol again if you have an excess of them not only are they breaking down good fats because they have the ability to damage good fats they're also giving you the excess calories they're giving you the inflammation they're giving you the excess toxins chemicals whatever else may be in them you also get the insulin resistance which we know will contribute to maybe estrogen issues in a woman give you sticky blood now our blood is causing even more problems it's not free flowing like there's this whole load of stuff that goes on um but definitely when we look at cholesterol it does come back to that overconsumption of foods specifically carbohydrates and don't get me wrong these can be good carbohydrates too if you're consuming too many so-called good carbohydrates you can then of course be creating excess triglycerides so excess fat you also then if you're not burning off those carbs you can be adding them to other health problems that are in the body as well. So there's a lot of new research out now that finds no link to heart disease when it comes to dietary cholesterol. Um, 
a lot of research has been conducted on eggs, eggs especially, um, because those are one of the first things that your doctor will tell you to, hey, eliminate eggs or stop eating eggs, which is somewhat funny because eggs, although I don't like them, like it's a taste texture thing for me, um, they are one of the most nutritious foods on the planet and they are essential for good health um, in many people. A lot of research has been then conducted on eggs because eggs are a significant source of dietary cholesterol. But several studies have shown that eating them is not associated with an elevated risk of heart disease. If anything, they may even help prevent heart disease. Um, one study compared the effects of whole eggs and yolk-free egg substitutes on cholesterol levels. And people who ate three whole eggs per day experienced a greater increase of HDL, so our cotton balls, and a greater decrease in LDL, so our marbles, than those who consumed an equivalent amount of egg substitute or egg whites. Um, so it is though important to note that eating eggs may pose a risk for those with diabetes, but that comes back to the excess blood sugars, the inflammation, the excess storage of fat, the liver challenges that you get with diabetes. Um, maybe they have a sedentary life. Like there's a lot of stuff to be taken into consideration. So there are studies that will show an increased risk of heart disease in people with diabetes who eat eggs but again let's look at the bigger picture what else is going on there it doesn't specify type 1 or type 2 before somebody tries to jump down my throat but let's just assume that it's diabetes from having a poorer lifestyle or maybe not eating such a good diet then of course yeah maybe eggs are going to cause a problem there because you already have everything else playing against you with the inflammation, the liver issues, the sticky blood, all of that sort of stuff. So should you avoid high cholesterol foods? In my opinion, no, you should look at the bigger picture first. And this is where having health professional um, in your support bag or tools as they say can be very helpful because they can help look at everything hopefully they'll look at everything so your lifestyle your stress your supplements your everything and say you know what like this is what we're going to do for this and the problem is not this um so in my opinion no you don't need to avoid high cholesterol foods you need to look at the bigger picture the studies that i have looked at have made it clear that cholesterol foods are not the big problem um Many high cholesterol foods are the most nutritious foods on the planet. Again, your eggs, your grass-fed beef, wild game, um, even some dairy is really good for you. Like they're very nutritious foods. Shellfish, sardines, liver, if you're into that sort of stuff. Um, many of these foods are also high in saturated fats. And studies suggest that replacing dietary saturated fats with polyunsaturated fats reduces the risk of heart disease, but that's not something I'm going to get into because I find those studies are not accurate and somewhat 
controversial now with the current state of things. So I think saturated fats and moderation are going to be a good choice. I try to encourage my clients to focus on monounsaturated fats as much as possible. We kind of veer away from those polyunsaturated fats. Um, and definitely trans fats, hydrogenated fats are a no. So um, yeah, my best piece of advice out of this episode is going to be don't run away from cholesterol containing foods but instead look at the bigger picture of what might be going on and why you might have this higher cholesterol issue so i hope you found this enlightening i really do and that um i didn't overwhelm you that i explained it kind of in a way that you can understand because i i get that a lot of the science can be overwhelming and that's one area that i kind of pride myself in is that i can take the science and digest it and translate it in a way that people can consume and understand and then put to use so as always please share this information with anyone you feel may benefit help me to help you to help your loved ones and slowly together we can make some nice changes in this world enjoy the weekend as well the week because this is going to be released on a monday so enjoy the week i'll chat to you guys soon and remember if you want me to cover any topics just reach out to me and let me know if there's anything you're curious about or unsure about reach out to me let me know and i will do my best to help out okay stay safe stay warm and i'll chat to you guys soon bye bye